catalyst, a person or thing that precipitates an event and triggers a vast increase in the rate of progress. Over the last 10 years, Spokane, Washington and the Inland Empire have experienced a rate of growth that has never occurred in the past. As a native growing up in a family of developers, I have always been intrigued by our city and the people who are responsible for our growth. Up until now, there has never been a voice of progress in development. Catalyst. This is the place where you will meet all the players responsible for the growth and development of our beautiful cities and this region. This is not just another local podcast. This is The Catalyst. And I'm your host, Bruce Van Cott. Hey, Spokane. This is Bruce Van Cott with The Catalyst Podcast. I've got Jordan and Joel Tampion here from Four Degrees Real Estate. Uh, they are serial entrepreneurs here in Spokane, uh, working in many different industries and really uh, making a huge difference in the community from a development standpoint right now. How are you guys doing today? Really good. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, awesome. Watch the first two. They look so good. It's hard to compete with that sometimes. Well, at least, you know, I think it's going to make a difference because we've got you guys' uh, BrickWest uh, beer on the, the show today, right? I feel like they're all going to call and ask for one now instead of water, but I'm telling you. <laughs> they, they should. They should. So uh, let's uh, let's jump right in. We're in episode three. Um, so... Uh, Four Degrees, awesome company. I think everybody's seen your guys' signs or someone's brokerage sign around. Tell us a little bit about the company. You guys are a real estate company. Uh, you guys do brokerage, uh, residential brokerage, a little bit of commercial brokerage, uh, a lot of commercial brokerage on your side, uh, property management, um, and uh, development. So tell us about the infamous... Uh, infamous uh trip to mexico that you guys had and how this whole thing started uh you said you'd defer to joel for this one so I oh guess. yeah i'm a man of few words we'll so jump on joel would really look. kick this one off let's, let's well we all know if you guys know us george the storyteller oh um however it was uh we went down to mexico uh, i guess it was about five six years ago for our oldest brother's wedding and if you know jordan at all he's one of those guys who has like a thousand ideas almost daily if not weekly um, and so we were sitting by the pool one day and what is now four degrees today, he was drawing up kind of like a napkin sketch of like, hey, we could do this thing and we could do that thing and we could do all these things. But at the same time, I was super content with my job in the military. Like I was working with Fifth Special Forces Group doing some really awesome things. Um, but of course we were trapped there at the pool and I had no choice but to listen. <laughs> so, so he just kind of kept going on and on and on about it. Um, and logically, I'm a very logic thinker, uh, it sounded like it would make sense. Um, and so it wasn't until probably three or four months later, uh, out of the blue to Jord, I gave him a call. I was like, okay, I think we want to do this thing. So, and, <laughs> oh, go ahead. So, so it didn't happen right down there. So you had to think on it a little bit. On yeah. The hey, Bruce, and no good sale happens on the spot. <laughs> so pitched him on it. And, and then he calls me three months later and goes, man, we're ready. And I go, for what? You guys coming to visit? And he goes, no, no, start the business. And it took me like 15 seconds to rack my brain about which business. So, so you, were even, you were on the next idea already. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, lo and behold, three months later, came to town and Four Degrees was created. So where were you? You weren't in You weren't in Spokane. Where were you prior to that? No. So Julie and I and the family were over at Fort Campbell. Uh, we were active duty military. We were serving with uh, 5th Special Forces Group at the time. Where's Fort Campbell at? Uh, over in Kentucky. Oh, so quite the yeah. move then. Oh, yeah. Quite the move. But I think at that time we were used to, you know, traveling around. We had lived in 
I don't know, six or seven different locations, you know, wow. at the time with the military. So, so it must have been anything. a pretty intriguing idea to, you know, pack everything up and say, hey, we're heading off to, to you know, start this business. Yeah, back home. And I think that was probably one of the biggest pulls. Um, and George probably has his own reasons for why he was, you know, selling it so hard to me. But yeah. that was one of the biggest pulls His family was back here. And we knew ultimately we wanted to bring the kids back around parents and cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, and this sounded like a really good opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, when we sat there, I mean, how many deployments did you do? Uh, I did one, and then Julie did one. Yeah. So that's probably well, what he was thinking. Well, and I was <laughs> like, man, what's something you can do? And then I was like, well, he's not going to go airborne out of here. I mean, skydiving's not huge yet. <laughs> and then I went into like, okay, what do you do? And he goes, logistics. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm struggling with these units I have now. Like, what if we just did this on steroids? And that's kind of what the <clears throat> basics of it was. When we started, we had the 20... I think it was 22 Eight, units. 22 units yeah. I had. Um, and we just opened Backyard Public House. You can try that one. It's opened that one. And then it was like, no, let's do this. And the next six months were like the darkest six months ever. You're like waiting for a phone to ring. You're waiting for that next call. And it was just that kind of diligence to what we originally kind of talked about that. Yeah. And that was one of the things too, I was trying to figure out, well, George, what do you, you want me to be a property manager or run this company, but I do these things in the military. So trying to figure out like, what were the skill sets that I was learning over here? Which ones could I bring and apply in the civilian world or with this business? So probably a lot of uh, SOP, standard operating procedures. Oh, absolutely. You know how that goes in the four degrees office. I I think it's, I think you say that too often in the four degrees office. Some people start twitching, maybe yeah. get a little PTSD. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. Yeah. I do. I'm do. I do. They're not super excited about that. But yeah, it's bringing the systems to play. It's uh, more concerned with like the health and the welfare of the organization uh, versus what Jordan kind of works on, which is the kind of the vision. Yeah, and it's a hard one because I realized I could I could have grown a four degrees. It just wouldn't have sustained. Absolutely. Like I could have gone in, built it. It would have grown, probably mm-hmm. similar, and then it would have slowly faded with my whim right and that's where joel brings that anchor which has been the yin and the yang right so Mm -hmm. well that's awesome and that's what's fun about having you guys out here we've had some great you know uh guests on the podcast definitely had uh you know a couple brothers that are out uh working as partners so you know i'm sure you guys have a much longer background a lot more stories than some of these guys do but uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. anyway so jordan tell me a little bit about um you know, you like you said, you started off with 22 units. Uh, that's kind of where this all came from. How do you start off in the real estate business? Yeah, it's kind of a fun one, right? So I basically consider myself somebody that's curious about life. So I go in, if I think I like something, I try it. And so we, uh, I was in law school, wrapping up my law degree in MBA. JD MBA. Oh, yeah. Gonzaga? Oh, those are more acronyms. I try not to speak in acronyms now because <laughs> yeah, of maybe, maybe you should ask him program. Why he, you should ask him why he got his MBA. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. get back to that. Yeah. That derails the story. And so uh, wrap those Go up. Ahead. Got out in 2010. Nothing was hiring in 2010. It was the bane of existence, right? Probably the one of the depths of the recession. And got hired on a nonprofit that had about 500 units. And I was able to work with them to take a losing portfolio to where now it funds a lot of the activities they do in Spokane. And I thought, man, if I could do that here, why can't I do that at a different level? Um, and again, curiosity struck. My, Whitney, my wife, went and decided to get her uh, master's in teaching. So I would just be sitting at home. And she's like, you already look at these houses. Just get your license. They waived everything. And it went from 10 deals the first year to 30 deals the next year to 50 deals the next year. Um, all while working part-time. And it was great. We were able to reinvest. If you ever heard of Flat 4 Photo, Photo Booth, Photography and Photo Booth, that was one of our first businesses. Uh, we saw, oh, wow. uh, we had some really awesome friends start one. I thought, man, you could just do that a little better. 
And so we introduced it. All of a sudden, went ended up doing three to four hundred events a year. Wow! With four photo booths, staff, half my family staffed it, which is cool. Um, but that it seems just, like a reoccurring theme yeah, in business for you. Getting my family to staff it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to be picky. They're though, good, right? Though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And it just rolled into that where I'm like, we didn't need it, so we just kept buying buildings, and there wasn't any literature behind it. There was no real reason except for I saw felt like what was a good deal. And then what rolled into it was like, hey, let's sell these and get a better deal. And that's that was kind of the existence of it. And so I feel like I'm, uh, if you ever seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's my story is like some people ask me a question. I'm like, oh, they have no idea. I just researched for like two weeks on that, like two weeks ago. And that's what it ends up being is this story of connecting people, connecting experience and creating opportunity. And so it literally led into that. And now we own the units fast forward. And it just, I mean, in my head, it just didn't not make sense. Like we can introduce something. We have these awesome players in the community. What if we could help grow what it is? I wanted to invest in properties, didn't know where to look. So, oh, I was going to say, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, going back to Mexico and four degrees name, how that came to be. Um, Yeah. So why we own a brewery now is all my good names have always come a little tipsy. And so we were flying back from Iceland and they have a a brand called 66 degrees north. Okay. And I worked in government when I was working full time uh, WSU and and everything was so separated. So you'd have these awesome talent. You had the most talent pool of anything I've ever seen, but nobody talked to each other because they were in silos or different divisions. And I thought, man, what's what's something where they could still be different yet collaborate? And the word degrees, when I saw it, I just saw degrees and I. It made a ton of sense. And then number four is a lucky number we have. Um, it was a flat we lived in London. It just carried a lot of weight. And then Joel didn't say no. So there <laughs> goes Perfect. four degrees real estate. And then I also wanted a name you could talk about. Somebody would ask you about why did you name it that? And oh my God, Tampion Real Estate would not have been the would not have been the name that prompted that conversation. So kind of grew from there. And then the number and the logo has taken its own its own path. So Okay. So talk to me a little bit, Joel, about uh, you guys definitely play, you know, different roles in in the company. And, you know, starting off, I know you guys have graduated to a lot of different, you know, industries and a lot of different business, but I think it all stems back to the, you know, idea of Jordan going out and developing business and Joel managing it and, and taking care of it. So tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right and, and talk about your role and kind of how, uh, kind of how the military prepared you for that. Yeah, absolutely. So you're definitely right. Um, right out of the military though, we were very intertwined. We were crossing each other's paths and it was because we didn't really know what we were doing at the beginning, to be honest, like sure. he wasn't doing sales. And so I can vividly remember, I mean, this is only five years ago, but I can vividly remember going to open houses <laughs> grabbing like a, a batch of cookies and some waters and we go and just sit there and be like all right well this is something we're supposed to do as agents and let's whatever we're just hanging out right now because no phone calls are coming in so are you yes. licensed i am oh, yeah oh, i'm yeah. a licensed agent so i think i have a couple deals under my belt but nice. nothing to nice. nothing to brag about you so, capped out totally nice. yeah i just capped myself at the beginning of the year um, so at the very beginning, it was very much we were like jumping over each other. We were just trying to make things work or get things done, essentially. It probably took a good two years ish, maybe two and a half years to start defining and seeing what those clear lanes were. Like, what is your role? What is my role? And I think at that point, I threw them into we have a task organization chart for our organization. Um, and I put them in a cloud. 
And it was just kind of like a joke at the beginning, but over every single year, it makes more and more sense because that's where we want Jordan. He is at his highest and best when he's 30,000 feet above what's going on. He's able to see opportunities, connect people with opportunities. Um, and so that's the best for the organization. And for me, you know, when you say, how did the military prepare you? Well, I'd say one of the jobs, my very first job was an executive officer of 230 soldiers. I was wow. in charge of training, in charge of the budget, in charge of, I think we had 160 rolling stock. So there's a lot of equipment responsibility. That's my, that was my first job. And so there's the same thing coming here. There's your budget you're responsible for. There's people you're responsible for. Um, and how do you sustain and continue to provide purpose, direction, and motivation for the team in order for them to feel the wins, right? And so that's where I feel like my focus is more the health and welfare of our team. His is more looking up and out for the organization. Sure, sure. So talk about a little bit how that's, uh, you know, spanned onto, you know, some of the other businesses you're in. I mean, the management side of things, because it seems like that's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So really the opportunities kind of come with Jord, who's out looking, you know, seeing what's up. And um, I would say one of the ones that we've spanned out to uh, outside of four degrees in our maintenance company is uh, North Park Athletic Club, uh, which is a facility out north. My mom used to manage, uh, was a fitness manager out there. I grew up in that gym. Really? Yeah. That is actually we, jo we joke story. as part we joke as part of your membership as part of your property taxes out north. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a it's a definitely a, a Spokane uh, Institute out there. Yeah, it's definitely a staple. Stable, and for sure. probably from the time your mom was there to today, nothing has changed. <laughs> really? Like it's still, I mean, everything still looks the same. Still facility, you know, same facility. Uh, but even with that one, looking at that opportunity, it was much more like when we're having those discussions. Do I think that we can sustain a team? Can we create a culture with what we have going on right now? Um, and we just basically decided, yeah, that's a great opportunity. I'm uh, more so a fitness guy than maybe Jord, um, even though he claims he's, to. He's, mountain, the, he's the beer guy. Yeah, he's definitely the beer guy. He claims <laughs> to mountain, drink my product. Yeah, he, cla <laughs> nice. he claims nice. to mountain bike every now and then. He does some stuff down in his basement. But I would say I'm more like the fitness oriented guy. And so that was kind of right up my alley. Um, and it just looked like an, another good opportunity to be able to create positive impacts in our community with a bunch of different people. Absolutely. Well, and and yeah. not let it go away. Like, so Jim yeah. Snow is awesome, who was the previous purveyor sure. of that. And I Wonderful. think what we were looking at was, man, we preach fitness to all our employees, but we don't, what do we do about it? We had a gym behind Right. It's pretty great space. gym. I mean, yeah, no one I, uses it hey, except for me. I know. I know, but I go in there every once in a while. I at <laughs> oh, least throw a weight around. But like, I think that was the other one was like, man, if our mission and purpose is to create positive impacts, how are we doing that in this isolated silo downtown? Spokane's so much bigger than that. And so I think that's what pushed a lot of the decisions. And once Joel said he had the capacity, it, that's, that's kind of the last statement. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a, I mean, that's great because that truly is, a, like you said, a staple in Spokane and to come in with, you know, new fresh ideas and leadership and be able to, you know, sustain that for what the next 50 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, it seems like a, you know, common theme among what you guys are doing. And so changing gears with that a little bit, let's talk about some of the other industries that you guys have, uh, jumped into, um, the brewery, yeah. uh, restaurant industry bars and, Talk to us a little bit about what you guys are doing over there. Yeah. One of the downsides of real estate is that it's a long-term game, right? Sure. So you get lower cash flow, but over an extended period of time. And one mm -hmm. day we hope it's worth more. So what we were realizing was we needed cash daily and met random Matt Goodwin, who you'll have on this podcast at some He's point. The man, He's yeah. the man, man. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen Matt stressed out in my life. 
Yeah. You may have, but seen him once or twice, but, but not becoming of him. So yeah, no, no but he just, just knows his stuff. And so kind of worked into that. And what we found was, man, there's some efficiencies around this and you can take these neighborhood spots and really create a community impact. And so we started with there and it turned into, Hey, what do we, what do you, what do you have margin on? It's, it's making the beer. What if we created a bend scene in Spokane? Started the simplest thought. It started, I was over in Seattle and I went to pick up a six pack at the grocery store per use and uh, grabbed one. I thought, how cool would it be if you picked up your own six pack like of your own beer and you knew that people were creating community and enjoyment around something you created and uh, came back. That was four years ago. And then we were literally just waiting for the right spot. And that's the old Watts automotive opened up on the West end. And I thought, man, if we ever had a chance, if we ever won the opportunity, this, th- this might be it. And now I hope it's a place people can come congregate. Well, pre COVID eventually post COVID. Um, and our brewers, ama- it just kind of all worked. And I think one of the things we try to do is uh, you just align with the best. And the people that do it, our brewer, from our brewer to our general manager to our staff, that's what we expect. That's what we look for. And that's what we create. Now watch is now you have more Spokane breweries. There's awesome ones in Spokane. Let's make that a feature. Let's make that a draw to keep growing here. So it was, it was kind of, um, like I said, Slumdog Millionaire, man. You just kind of slowly roll into it. And it was like the intent wasn't that you had this awesome thing. Like it was, no, let's create something. Like I didn't, I didn't even taste a beer from our brewer. We were all the way through the project and he made his first beer. And I think I started crying because I'm like, oh, my God, that's it good. Was so good. That's good. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. OK, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was expe- expecting an average product that I had to sell and really push. Sure. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that's like that's where we need to be. We need to level up Spokane. Absolutely. So, Joel, so Jordan's drugging into real estate now. You're doing his property management. Tell me about the beer conversation. All of a sudden you're opening a brewery. <laughs> Actually, be good and yeah, I want to hear about this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So you can see I have a Pilsner cracked, haven't taken a sip. I'm not a huge, (laughs) huge beer guy. Um, But once again, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. So we got to do this at some point, right? Not with water. A cup of water. It's embarrassing. Come on. There you go. Come on. (laughs) Cheers. Eye contact, right? (laughs) Make sure the audience audience can hear the slurps. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't for the beer. It's definitely for like the business opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm super grateful, even though it's my brother to Jordan for even, you know, allowing the opportunity to get involved in something like that, because, you know, our mission at Four Degrees is to extend that positive impact to our entire community. Well, this is just another outlet to be able to do that. Same thing. I look at North Park. I look at Four Degrees that way. I look at the turn team that way. Any venture that we become a part of, that's more or less why is like, how do we, how do we create positive impacts? And George talks about it a lot, you know, bringing people together. Um, and so that's ultimately what we want to try and do. And I think this is just, I've heard from many people that had the opportunity to go there pre COVID that, uh, this is like a state of the art facility. Absolutely. It's like something they've never seen before. And I would agree. And I'm not, even, I've been to a few locations, but to be able to have that outdoor space for community events, for the, you know, the, the downtown to get together, um, it's just a phenomenal space. And also, and we've kind of done this over the last five years, is just kind of taking something old and making it new. And that is just quite a, that's quite a scene to, to watch and to be a part of. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'm kind of more so along for the ride on this one. And I get to defer to 
you know, Jordan, Matt and the team on, on how we're doing and how we're going to get through something like this, this COVID deal. Well, you say you're along for the ride. So tell me, though, because the one thing I think I've noticed, I look at, you know, K&H or uh, uh, NAI Black, for instance, and their property management. And it seems like for the longest time in Spokane, these guys were strictly focused on real estate. And I know maybe from a brewery standpoint as a business, you're probably not super involved. You guys got great partners with Matt there, but what about, um, you guys own the building. So you're managing the building. I assume does that, does that change any, I mean, is the management of a brewery as a building any different from say managing, you know, 200 apartment units? It's a definitely different because it's commercial tenants, okay. but I mean, it's same systems in place, same processes as far as, you know, rent collection, if you're talking about that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but they take care of a lot of the the issues that go on in there. And to qu- be quite frank, there's not a lot of issues just because it's brand new. I mean, yeah. we took that thing down to to brick, essentially like this, all the way out to the walls, and everything's pretty much brand new. So I think, you know, whether that's right or wrong, we'll find out in 15, 20 years. But we've just done that with, I think, all of our buildings where we just don't want to do it, you know, half-ass and, and just kind of band-aids over things. And we would rather take it down build something that's going to last for a long time and then that way we can stamp our name on it and be confident well and i think spokane appreciates that because they want less of this you know half-assed stuff done i mean for forever and ever we've got i'm sure as you know so many slumlords out there that just do the bare minimum to fix something and i would assume i mean when you're coming in and you're putting you know capital improvements into a building like that it makes the management or at least the maintenance costs quite quite a bit you know more minimal oh absolutely yeah yeah i don't even know that i would necessarily compare it to like what we manage for large multifamily units i don't think it's necessarily like apples to apples in that scenario um and we were a much smaller i would say commercial presence uh than someone like black or kimlin haygood that sort of thing we just managed what we what we own downtown yeah and it's awesome they set a great standard right you get to come into a community this is what i always loved about it right being 36 joel's 35 is that we get to go look at everybody who's done it and say, hey, what do we love about it? What would we like to improve on it? And what I wanted was something where if you're starting a brewery and you do your SWOT analysis, you had to have come into our brewery at some point. You had to look at the surroundings. You had to taste the beer. You had to say, hey, if we're going to do something, it needs to be better. Absolutely. And that's where we look across the board at everything we do is like, hey, if we're going to create something, we're going to create a gym. How do we get the best people doing the best work for the most amount, right? And that, that I feel like that once we carried that system through, it's allowed us to at least push push the envelope because we're over budget on all of them. Every really? project we're on, we're on an over budget, especially when we're the operating company. Absolutely. Because in our mind, it's hey, you create a space people want to basically be at. I, I think the rest kind of solves itself. So mm-hmm. I feel like Spokane deserves it. It's it's what the, everybody's we pushing do. towards, and I mean it's probably why you have the podcast. I mean there's no catalyst if there's nobody catalyzing, right? I mean, what are we talking about if nobody's really <laughs> pushing that forward? And I think, like I said, there's, yeah, you have the Dave Black, you have the Larry Stone, you have the Doug. I mean, they're Keep all calling them out. They're like, all going to be on here. Uh, well, eventually. I, because, all the players. Because mm-hmm. how awesome would it be to hear from them? Absolutely. So instead of a closed book, why don't we sit and look at this open book of, man, I'm over budget on these projects. I didn't anticipate fire code and all these things. Hey, what if you did this? And if we could change that to this, I have no idea what stops Spokane if you have that kind of environment. Well, talk about your mindset a little bit, because when you talk about, um, you know, looking at what people have done before you, one thing I've noticed about Four Degrees is you built a wonderful residential brokerage firm, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, you can compete with anybody there. Uh, but your property management company is really ran like the big commercial firms. Yeah. And it seems like you guys have really taken the best of both worlds and put that together. And I would argue that, you know, rather than saying, hey, here's the format. This is how we do. You know, this is how everyone does things. Let's follow that. You guys are looking at it and saying, how do we we don't we don't need to be held with these limits of how it's been done in the past. Let's come up with, you know, new ways to do this and innovate. Mm-hmm. Well, so, 100%. So you're not looking at somebody saying, hey, we want to follow you. Sure. You're looking at somebody saying, what are you doing right? What's something that makes sense for us to continue to do? And what are things we can do better? And I feel like that's what levels up any industry. Absolutely. Is everybody continually pushing to do better, not starving people out to where you don't have the competition. So you maintain something like that. And I think that that's what I've seen is that now you've watched, I mean, NEI's doing it, KH too. I mean, they're all awesome. I love the brand, I love the logo. And now what if you had 10 of those pushing at this highly competitive level? You can't help but grow. My statement with Spokane is there's just no forced pace, right? You go to Seattle, there's no three stars. You can't be a three star. <laughs> three stars no. go away. If you're not a four star, you don't compete. What if Spokane was built on four and five stars? That's my goal. That's what I think we can get it to. And I think where all of a sudden it's like even our lowest competition is still better than most areas. And yet, like I said, you already have front runners doing that. So I feel like if we can play our part and help continue that, geez, man, it's, it gets exciting at that point. It is exciting. So, Jordan, tell me a little bit about um, the backyard. That was your first restaurant mm-hmm. venture, right? Yeah. Or boiler room or backyard? I feel like they're all blurred together. Yeah. They all start with sure. B. Sure. <laughs> they all so, start with B at that point. <laughs> so, but but talk about a little bit about um, you know these competitive advantage partnerships that you've got, <clears throat> and uh, you know talk specifically you know with boiler room and and uh, the backyard and how you guys were able to break into something like that, you know, coming from the real estate uh, business? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question, but really it's not breaking into real estate, it's breaking into a partnership. Sure. So when I look at it, I don't have four degrees if I don't have Jewel. Okay. I don't have backyard, barnwood, checkerboard, brick west if I don't have Matt. Okay. And so when I look at it, it's why not assemble the greatest team. The dream team. And they go create. So for me, it's not even real estate. You say you're going to say, hey, four degrees real estate. We're not a real estate company. We're a marketing company that peddles real estate. And we try to create impact through that. And I think that's one of the differences you'll see is that, do we want to own a building? Sure. I just talked to a guy where he's like, why do you ever own a building? Why don't you just sell them and capitalize on the income? I'm like, I don't know. Everybody said own a building. I mean, that makes sense, right? It <laughs> does so make sense. When I look at it, it's like, man, you just assemble the right team. That's what that's what it takes. Now from there, it's like, okay, I trust that Joel is going to run something when we get there. And so when we looked at restaurants, literally it was to the point of, hey, we need something that cash flows daily. We have found this opportunity. The first one was called the Broadway Tavern. Oh. Literally, there was a stabbing three, three weeks before closing. They said, do you still want to close? And I said, is the man all right? <laughs> they said, yes. So I said, yes, let's close. Because obviously it's nobody good died. Omen, right? I said, nobody died. So... <laughs> And, and moved on that. And what we were looking for was a site that also had future development potential. And when I look at that West Broadway into, we're not even calling it Kendall Yards anymore, what do we call that? West Central. Yeah. Right? So when I look at that, I'm like, man, there, there's opportunity here because this is an area on the fringe of developing. And so what we look at are not your targeted markets. We started doing a few downtown, okay. which is a little different. We've, uh, we did a 
500 plus unit storage building, which completes in April. We've done a conversion of the old Sterling Savings Bank building, uh, 21 units with retail and a uh, pretty cool speakeasy concept in the basement. Uh, that'll finish. But most of our stuff is targeting periphery areas, which is why the West End of Spokane was so appealing was that it's just one of those areas where if you can inject enough value, I think people will see it at that point. And I, I don't think Spokane is early adopters by any means, but as soon as they see it, they get behind it. And I think that's why COVID to me is is less of a big deal because we just have such a loyalty to the brands here that I um, I feel confident that we can sustain, stay open, stay relevant. Um, the, the other side of this looks really awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about the West side in general. Cause I, to me, that is like one of, I, in my opinion, one of your biggest accomplishments between the two of you, um, that side of downtown was just, you know, it was a ghost town there for a little while. Yeah. And you guys come in, you got the, you know, park view West in there. Yeah. You guys got the, uh, the brewery in there. Now you got Lola lofts coming up yeah. and it's almost now to the point where I think you guys are giving the core the downtown core a run for its money yeah um so talk to me a little bit about uh, building a community yeah. down there well i mean you discounted the greatest achievement joel jumped out of an airplane let's let's not discount that i didn't hear i didn't <laughs> see that we'll get back to that one but okay no when you look at it it's uh you're you have a boundary of the edge right okay. of the the riverside sure you have second avenue that treat that almost runs like a freeway and so you have this little weird pocket that comes to a point and then heads into Brown's edition. So when we looked at it, um, there was this amazing view back at downtown and you had a lot of people kind of pushing for, for our activity down there. And we were able to meet kind of one owner that had a pretty good presence down there and bought all of his properties essentially. Wow. And his name's Chuck little awesome guy. Like again, I think people in Spokane don't give enough credit to people in Spokane for really wanting more. Um, but we, we were able to co coordinate a deal with him. We have, um, an investor named Scott Isaac, who just really wants to see that kind of growth and that potential. And he said, I, I do believe he was laying on a beach in Mexico as well. When I pitched him <laughs> the idea, <laughs> something about beaches in Mexico, it's just really a place you I should really go. Visit. Yeah. Hey, want a great idea? Go to a beach <laughs> in Mexico. Uh, and he said, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. And, and now you go up there and it's just, it's a very thoughtful driven and I'm a small piece to that puzzle, but, uh, the team came together and I think what you'll see down there allows us to activate it. And if you go to big cities, this isn't new. Like we absolutely just, not. We, we took a concept that you'd see in pioneer square and just created our own pioneer square. Absolutely. And I think that's what we were pushing for was don't recreate. Let's find something that complements. I think too many times uh, in Spokane, we look for things that essentially will cannibalize areas. And we thought, what if we create an area where people come drink here, but then go down to the restaurant area and sure. eat dinner. Right. And I think as we started moving through there, um, that's kind of that's kind of where it took form. And then there was just something you, you look at those smokestacks lit up at night. I mean, that's on the market. We, we, we talked about looking at that one. Uh, that's on the market right time. now. Yeah. Different story for another time. <laughs> wow. I uh, looked at that one. But you look at like the chase. I mean, just lit up at night. Spokane is a pretty impressive city. And I think too few a times unless you're driving home and it's the most relieving sight. Right. Coming down the hill. You see all the lights. But what if you lived in that? Right. So our tower faces all of that every single night. And so you get you get to see that. And I've stayed there a few nights. If you ever look for an Airbnb, we have a couple there. But it we have something special here to offer. And I think for too long we've been Spokane instead of what we I think are growing into. So. Seattle's little brother. Yeah. You say Seattle. I think I think we're I think we're different than that. And I feel what I what I mean by that is that I feel like we're so locally grown 
that there's sustainability in what we're doing. Sure. We don't need a Fortune 500 crunch company to create what we've created, right? So Absolutely. no market does what we're doing without a major employer literally coming in and injecting Boise. And we don't necessarily need that or want that right. rather. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going to see the growth uh, pains, if you call them, is you're going to have half the population doesn't want it. Half the population comes in here and says, why haven't you done this yet? Absolutely. And, and I think that's going to be a struggle, but that's a, that's a struggle I think I'm on board for. So you guys, you know, and you've, you've got the West side going, you bought nine buildings downtown in the last couple of years, seven buildings the last downtown or downtown. I should, in the last I should know years? that number. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and now North Park is one of the newer uh, purchases you guys have made, projects that you guys manage. So, Joel, tell us a little bit about North Park and just the management and what you guys are doing, uh, bringing that back. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think Jordan mentioned it at the very beginning, but sure. I feel like we're kind of just carrying the torch from what Jim did absolutely. so well for so long um, to where it's really ours to, to mess up. But you said but. nothing has changed. I mean, has, is that, it's is that true. absolutely true? I, no. I, I can't yeah. believe that's true. It's yeah. Not probably true. nothing. Just the carpet, the like carpet. all the carpet oh, okay. <laughs> and the branding, all the, the carpet is still but there. But we got pickleball now. It used to just yep. be tennis back in the day. That's right? true. So a couple of conversions probably happened. I don't know, early eighties, nineties. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Um, but the majority of it is, is still the same. And I think, you know, a lot of members that we have, and you know, George talks about loyal, loyalty there's a lot of loyal members and we're talking like you know legacy type members where their kids are now coming and that sort of thing and i think you know they just really appreciate you know the cleanliness they appreciate the size they appreciate the dynamic of what north park has to offer because you could you could go there and swim or like you said play pickleball or basketball or just work out or whatever you want to do and pre-covid i think we were the only fitness center in Spokane at a family room. I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> wow. sure we could have been the only one, but yeah. I mean, it's like something I've never seen before, uh, before this, but it was really just a space where people just kind of hung out, right? Members got to know members um, and that sort of thing. So you're really building like a tight community. And then shortly thereafter we purchased, you know, COVID hit. And so it's kind of been like a, uh, how well, do we- Time to own a gym. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how do we, how do we get through this essentially? How do we navigate this? and uh, we're still working on some things right now, um, probably more information to come. Um, but yeah, I think it's been, I still believe it's a good, good investment. And even for that purpose that George said, where, you know, we're, we're sustaining something on the North side. That's been a staple for, I guess, since I think 75, really 75. So. 75 is when it was built. Yeah. So do you think, do you see yourself going into anywhere else in the fitness industry? I mean, I mean, the Spokane club's hurting pretty bad right now from what I, from what I understand, building. I, I hear that they'd, uh, you know. I'd like to have you guys come help them out. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe if the opportunity came up, I think the team down at uh, Four Degrees kind of jokes, when are we going to build the South Park? Oh, uh, you know, because we got North Park, and then they're wondering when South Park's coming online. But maybe I think the Spokane Club South. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I think uh, a repli yeah. replicate a building like that. I don't even know if it if it makes sense right now. Yeah. It's a big building, 90,000 90, square feet. Yeah, yeah wow. ninety thousand. So talk to us Jeez. about North Park. How does a deal, Jordan? How does a deal work out like that? I know. I mean, I, I'm sure you can't. You've got you know certain NDAs and different things. You can't go into total specifics. But how does a deal like that work out? Fine. Oh, the beauty of this, I can go into any deal anytime. I told somebody that. Tell I'm us. like, yeah, you call me anytime. How's it work? So we showed up. Jim had uh, the owner. Yeah. Uh, the previous seller who uh, came to me and said, hey, can you list this for me? And he started going through the numbers. And we'll, like I said, we're balancing daily cash flow so with talk long about, Let me slow you down, though. Talk to me about Jim comes to you. Because you guys are not initially from Spokane, right? 
Oh no, we're from Moses. Well, Moses, Moses we're like, from a different let's place. Let's claim Moses. A different like, place. <laughs> okay, we're gonna claim okay. it. So, so you've been in Spokane. Did you move up for college? College, or? yeah. College. So I've been here since what 2002. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so, so you've built your name while. in the real estate industry. You guys have four degrees. And I married well. That you was married well. So that's, she, that's she connected awesome. me pretty that's, quickly. That's the most important thing yeah. you can do, right? It's like a royal marriage. It worked out well. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, she's smoke show, right? Yeah, nice. it works. Nice. You get lucky once in your life, right? Just once. Just once. So tell me about, uh, so Jim gets old of you, right? Yeah. So how's that conversation go? Yeah. So he said, hey, I've reached out a few people, haven't gotten back. Do you, can you come down? Uh, I was referred by uh, somebody I know that okay. you guys could possibly help me. And then, like I said, we're so unique where like I pay people's broker's fees. Like we don't even have to be the broker on a deal. And so we went in and he goes, hey, I just need, I need a solution here. And he's like, Jim, people don't have money. Sure. Money people don't want gyms. I'm referring to the gymnasium, not gym yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, uh, and so he, I Pardon go home pun. and I go, Joel, you'll never believe this, but like this guy wants to sell. And like I could picture Joel being Jim Snow one day totally. and they're in his athletic gear running a gym. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, no. Like 100%. I could see him walking away from four degrees and just like focusing on this gym. Absolutely. And we walked through and I said, man, I, we, like, there's no such thing as coincidence. And we literally are in a spot where like, how do we continue this impact? But we're really relegated to this downtown area. That's where most of our impact is. And uh, and he goes, dude, I'll do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I'll run that thing. And so we sat down and it, it, it made sense. And then all of a sudden for those members, they kind of became part of our family. And we just said, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this at a high level. And so um, we were able to structure a deal where it had some seller financing in there. Beautiful. With a kind of a different payoff, and that's where kind of trusting that trusting the, the party on the other side became such a big deal. And so for us, it's less about what we pay, right? Again, 36, 35, we need deals to pay off in 30 years. 30 years, which means we can break even, we can lose a little up front, as long as we know whatever we're doing is driving us towards a, kind of a goal of 30 years. And so what is that goal in 30 years? Yeah, that's a good question. We're supposed to ask <laughs> that last. Target? You're supposed to ask that last. I've been thinking about this the whole okay. time we've been on okay. the podcast. I'll, let's save it. Yeah. I, it, it, what's crazy about it is it evolves. Sure. Started with a $10,000 a month in passive income. I still remember writing that down. I pulled up the napkin that had it, and I'm like, oh, my God, what were you doing then? <laughs> a lot of people would love yeah. to have $10,000 yeah, a month it's amazing. in passive income. It's amazing. I think most, pe- most people, it's when you look at it, it's, it's not based on what somebody else wants, right? It's your goal of what what you feel like you can do in that similar situation. And that's where that, what's happened is these doors have been opened in between Joel's efficient management. So he didn't say it, but he, no, he runs four degrees. Absolutely. So I show up to four degrees and then Joel tells me, hey, this is kind of what we're doing <laughs> he here. He keeps you on track. Yeah, 100%, right? I'm, an, I'm hopefully an asset for what we do at four degrees, but he runs it. He runs North Park and that's that's what that's how it works. That's how it's supposed to work. And then when we look at it, it's like, okay, you're creating these goals. Well, what do you want them aligned with? They're always going to start with money first because that's what everyone tells you you should have. Then they're going to move into this, this part where it's like, well, it's money plus change and impact. And I think if you ask most people, that's what they want. It's just hard to do that when you don't have your have what you need. And so I still remember that as 10000 And now I actually don't even know if I have a money goal. Right. It's sitting in here. And if, if one podcast can reach five more people than I could have reached by myself, we're going to support that podcast. Absolutely. And if it's not my voice, it's Joel's voice. It's somebody's voice. We'll get out there and 
hey, I'm just here to drink drink a few beers and tell you what I went through to get there because uh, it's a lot of sacrifice. Well, I love it. And it makes a difference, I think, in the community. I think a lot of people want to hear this story and they want to know because in Spokane, we still have that small town feel. We still have that community. And people really support guys like you who are out there mm-hmm. making this a place that people want to live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. I mean, you have us on a podcast, right? You yeah. have these amazing people that do crazy things in Spokane and feel privileged to be on it, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's change gears here real quick. So talk to me a little bit about um uh talk to me a little bit about uh Joel, the president election the president election. We've mm-hmm. got um uh you know, Joe Biden coming in with uh talk of more business regulation, higher taxes. Maybe from a regulation standpoint, how does that affect the property management business? I mean, are you guys even thinking about that? I mean, do you guys have the blinders on? Tell me about this a little bit. Yeah, so I'll kind of, I guess, up front, I'm not a huge, you know, political guy. I mean, sure. I, I'm following it and seeing what's going to affect our businesses and and even things with like the PPP or any kind of, you know, federal funding. I just, Absolutely. on the back end, there's going to be something that happens. And I can't, I'm not a glass ball kind of guy like this cat over here. Um, but I know there's something that's going to happen, whether they increase our, you know, small business taxes or whatever that looks like. I think for me, it's much more staying present okay. in the present, right? And I have the luxury of being able to do that because someone like Jord is thinking of, through those things. Like, what's it going to impact in a year or two years from now? What do we need to be preparing for? Because at the same time, we have a team of people that rely on us to continue to provide direction, Absolutely. to continue to provide this sense of, hey, things are going to be okay, even though we're shut down on certain fronts. Uh, things are going to be okay because we've come up with a plan. And I think it's a pretty good plan. We're going to start moving forward. So there's never any kind of like stagnation or any kind of exaggeration of what's going on around us, like in the political scene. It's just much more take it for what it is. And then we're going to build a plan to get through it, to get around it, to do whatever we need to do in order to help succeed and to allow our team to continue to win. Like that's the idea is keep keep providing wins for them. And so I, like I said, I get the luxury of not having to necessarily worry about things like that. I think Jordan would probably you know, be more of a, a voice to the, the polit- political side, I guess. Glass ball guy. Yeah. I want to hear. So from a de- development standpoint, uh, from a business M&A standpoint, what's what's going on? I mean, with COVID, I mean, re- you know, the restaurant business, a brewery, you guys are set up pretty well, I think, while things were open to get people in there. But talk about new business and what you guys are doing to, because you're always expanding. Talk about yeah. what you're doing to be able to expand now. Uh, what effects COVID's having on your current businesses and how you're able to how you're able to withstand this stuff right now. Yeah. So I mean when we expand, it's based off previous business. So our businesses are getting hammered. Sure. They're getting hammered at every turn, right? Fortunately we were able to pivot and have the resources to go into canning and expansion of our brewery. Like I said, we're either the yeah, we're either the idiots who doubled down during COVID on our brewery or the geniuses that doubled down on our brewery during COVID. And when I look at it, um the $2 trillion doesn't come at it. It comes at a cost. The $600 extra in unemployment comes at a cost. So you drain one fund. Well, that fund's funded by small businesses. And when they come back online to have to do this, there's no way that's adequately funded. And so what we're anticipating on our end is doubling of, of our employment, unemployment tax. Support the program. I do believe it served a need, but anytime something like this is released, it was released in SBA loans for the most part. So those are all still due. It was released in uh, delaying or forbearance of mortgage, which still do, right? 
So all we did was delay in the inevitable. And when I look at it, it's you better be shored up as a business to be able to withstand the next six months after this thing's lifted, because that's mm -hmm. when you're going to get hit the hardest. And that's when banks and everybody else are going to expect you to be at that level. So for me, the crystal ball sucks. Like you do, when I look at it, I think rates are low. You're doing, you're doing development projects. You're probably in a good spot because you're going to be <clears> introducing <throat> it to the market when you're not having delinquencies in the double digits. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? You know, restaurant business uh, in general. I mean, there guys that are out there right now looking to, you know, bring something on, say in the in the spring, for instance. Do you yeah. think we can get through this in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah. Just pad your reserves, right? Yeah. So I think if you're open right now, you're trying to stay relevant. Are we going to see more, you know, new restaurateurs come through 100%. at the end of this and, and take some of these guys that, you know, didn't make it through out? Or what's that going to look like? 100%. So what you're going to do is whenever you do a restaurant, brewery, whatever the analysis, you're going to do a rooftop analysis. You're going to do a demographic analysis. And right now, Spokane trends well in the rooftop and the, the market demographics for restaurants. Okay. Right. Somebody once told me if you can make a restaurant work in Spokane, you can make it work anywhere. Test market, right? Yeah, test market. And I think that we've moved from a test market to a market that's waiting for better product. And so when I look at it, no, I think you're going to see people move. The issue, though, is that unless you're backed right, most restaurateurs don't always have the backing to introduce the concept. Like Chad White, amazing at what he does. And I'm glad, hopefully, he stays funded for the rest of his life. Hopefully. Hopefully, you have a fund amazing. to fund him for the rest of his life because he creates. Um, Adam Hegstead. I mean, all of those guys do it. But when you look at it, there's no funding. You're not going to have funding for two-plus years. You can't even get a building refinance right now if it has a restaurant in it. Play that out, right? Normally, you could have bought with 25% down. And now you're having the situation where we want them here. Social media tells us we want them here. But their sales are losing money every month. And that's where the disconnect is to me. Because I just don't don't see how that withstands as long as this thing continues to go. And I think it's a health crisis, right? I mean, that's a, it's a big deal. And so for <clears throat> yeah, me, that's Yeah, and I think what's deal. interesting too, and I've, like at, when COVID first hit, it was hard to <clears throat> kind of talk to some friends because on the real estate side, it's still doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. Like we have a lot of our brokers who are having some of their best years, yeah. right? And then- you know, to go talk to, you know, a friend or somebody else who's in a different industry and they just lost everything. Sure. So that's a very challenging place to be in. So you got to be very cognizant of who you're sharing that information with. Um, but even on the management side, at the very beginning, we kind of curtailed a little bit or, or planned for a potential decrease or increase in delinquency. Uh, but fortunately, we didn't see but one or two percent added to that. So mm -hmm. once again, going through this this time, I would say four degrees as a whole has been doing fine like been doing well but then you pull in like the restaurants or the 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 brewery you pull in north park which that's probably most visual where it's like mm -hmm. all gym shut down right and so now it's a matter of looking at okay what are the are there any loopholes what's going on here like what can we do a little bit different to to, to still offer fitness to our clients and and kind of going back on one of the earlier questions the reason i love fitness is because i know what it does for us mentally i know what it does for us physically and i know what it does for humans emotionally absolutely like it is to me it's part of the solution to this problem we have going on right now and right. so that's where it's a little bit tricky because as a business owner you got to be uh, cognizant of what you're saying the mediums you're putting it out on and that kind of sure, thing yeah. even though every single member at my 5 a.m crew was willing to go out and pick it or do whatever they needed to on the last monday before shutting down um 
And so, of course, we obviously love and the support that we've received, yeah. specifically at North Park from our members. But every single industry is impacted just a little bit differently right yeah. now. So Joel to use the word loophole. It was more the guidelines <laughs> as set out, and then we found a solution. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So the issue, the issue, right? You see, is that like we we deal with the employee ramifications, we deal with mm-hmm. the member ramifications. So I understand like that side of it, and it's it's that we're always in the middle, in the worst spot, balancing seeing what it's doing to the economy with and realizing what it's doing to the economy and taking the hits of what it's doing to the economy with understanding protecting people and what that means and so it's just i don't think there's a great answer to COVID that that makes sense except for we're going to look to find and meet people where they're at so it's 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 such a weird dynamic that way so joel you might say that maybe it's a little contradictory that we have a uh disease out there that's based on having a healthy immune system and they're (laughs) shutting gyms down where you can go work on that stuff so that's where george says no comment yeah thank you thank you all right fair enough i asked him him to at least say that we'll do that fair fair enough yeah that works for me so jordan talk to me a little bit about spokane in general what you see for the future i mean people have talked about you know a, a credit crunch the real estate markets are down in you know places like new york city mm-hmm. and, and la and some of these big places talk to me a little bit about you know are we insulated here we've had a lot of people say that um do you see a credit crunch coming what do you see for the next three to five years in real estate here in spokane yeah, so all I can reflect on is what happened, right? So we sure. had one month of no income and number. how many businesses went bankrupt, right? So it's hard to tell if we were already close to a credit crunch without COVID. So when I look at Spokane, we trend well in, in migration, which is new money coming into the area. Absolutely. Not creating money, though, but spending money. So that's where COVID hurts a lot is because we would have had a lot of people coming in and spending the money. So when I look at Spokane, I, so I went to Boise. I confess, I went down there just because I, we were cheating we, on us. I know, I know. It almost <laughs> felt like it a little bit, but Barbara Coe was so good. I just, had it's a to beautiful, try. beautiful place. Right. And, and I went down there looking for the magical serum. It's what Spokane's been missing. We have homeless, we're a little tough from regulations. We um, don't have the Democrat, whatever stat somebody gives you. And then I went down there and realized, you know what? We do. We have all the parts that can make this such an amazing community. We have a little more history. We don't allow us to tear down old buildings, which would would have sped this up. We don't have a Fortune 500 company, but you know what we have is the most resilient population I've ever seen. And so when I look at it, I we're doubling, we're doubling down on Spokane. I think when we look to Boise, it's because I want to push this brand at a high level, and one of the ways is getting in another major metro. But I think. You talk about Fairchild looking to expand even to their levels of what they're doing. You have you have all the right on paper. We have all the right things, and I think that's what the next one is 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 the groups that are there is stepping up and and able to actually do them. So get specific a little bit. Like where is the opportunity right now in Spokane? Yeah. Value yeah. add property, yeah. industrial. We hear about multifamilies. You yeah. know, on fire right now. Yeah, where's the opportunity? Yeah, what's fun is that somebody once told me never tell everybody the opportunity, but then I realized if you're I on, tell you're them, you're on the podcast. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like that's not any, your style it's not going anyway. to anybody else. So <laughs> that's not your style anyway. Yeah. So you I mean, everything. So I look for flexible zoning. So for okay. me, the East Sprague. So not all the way to where Checkerboard is, where we just bought, but like between Hamilton and the other one, we have two developments going in that should go 
If they don't go, I'll buy it from. I'm on the podcast telling that because they should go now. You heard now, it here, guys. Now move up another block, another two blocks. Well, you still have a similar zoning. So what are some buildings you can capitalize on there and go vertical? And I think where we're at vertical, we did the seven story tower and we were around 200 bucks a foot. Well, one of the one of the fears is trying to get that market value out of it. But I think that's an area where people can capitalize with some retail some office, some amenities that service those units. Um, I like that. I think uh, and there's Lars, nothing vertical there right now, right? Nothing vertical. There. Uh, Catalyst Center, which is oh, amazing. If you ever get to drive by it, I just park and look at it. And it's that's, amazing. Uh, uh, CLT, right? Cross laminated timber. It is. So cool. I mean, I feel like you did your research. This is sweet. I'm, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Bowden Construction stuff. did that one. They did such a good job. And you have Lars doing the Lord's work over in the U district. You have the new uh, medical center. So what I hope and I see is like you have that biomed med coming in becomes a culture that we create here is that this is the hotbed for that. So I look at that area. There's pockets of the valley, I think, are still have some room to move. Uh, Jim is doing amazing. Jim Frank's doing amazing work over on Liberty Lake, running the river district all the way out. Um, I think Airway Heights is another opportunity, but it's the one everyone's looking at. I told somebody it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like, where's the eye not looking? And that's what I try to try to eventually target. So for us, we're looking the Monroe Corridor. Um, I don't, I, I don't quite know if market's quite there yet. Um, for what, us, what about the, what about the arena, at, uh, Emerson Gar Garfield neighborhood yeah. that, uh, that, uh, Bobby Brett and Chris Patton were talking about? Yeah. I mean, they had an unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance of having the, uh, homeless shelter, homeless sure. shelter essentially going next door. Um, and the ideas I walked it with them, it's an amazing property essentially where they could do some awesome things. And, and I hope they will. Uh, what we're trying to find, I think um, uh, Chris always talks about the good neighbor ordinance. And if we can get some of that stuff in place, it make, makes a lot of sense. But I like have, it down here. Yeah, we have. The, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And I think that that's the one where I think as we get closer, you're going to see more people step up to that kind of a requirement when they come in the space and, and look at that. Like we have uh, is a Vanessa B hand building the four story. It's a beautiful building. Right. What does that bring? What does that create? And I think it's just thinking about what that what that does for your area. Um, and so when we're looking, I still love downtown. I think it, it's going to rebound, rebound well. Uh, so we're looking at a couple of buildings down here and then the North bank, I think with what Larry's going to do with those towers, I, I think it recreates the skyline. And I mean, who doesn't want to recreate a skyline? I mean, that's, that's like the end goal for everything. We always build two stories. I'm like, there's no skyline. I'm like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> right. And so I think, uh, with Spokane, the issue will be is getting them at a price competitive to what you can actually rent it for. So the downside is Spokane. Someone was told me this is about the difference between Seattle and Spokane is in Seattle, everyone tells you how much they paid for something. In, Seattle, in Spokane, they tell you how little they paid for something. Fair and, enough. Yeah. And that's where our kind of our crux is, is that we're trying to drive the prices, but we don't have rental rates that justify them. Do you see the influx of population coming in from places like, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, all over the West Coast, uh, really all over the country coming here um, and our, you know, huge mis mismatch with supply and demand and properties right now? Do you see that driving it? 100%. So all of a sudden, what drives that? Is all of a sudden, if the lowest, the cheapest house I can buy is two thousand a month, what does that do to rental rates? Do the roof, right? Yeah, and that's mm -hmm. what you're going to run into. And I think we keep talking about this affordable housing crisis, and then we have these committees that are supposed to be talking about affordable housing crises, and then we keep talking about affordable housing crisis. 
but we don't do anything about affordable housing crisis, right? And I think that's where you're going to see some of the the slowness to adopt from Spokane be like the saving grace. Absolutely. Right? And that's the weirdest. It's hard for me. Therefore, I'm going to Boise uh, for a little bit of time because I need to move at a faster pace. But I think some of the things I get frustrated with Spokane will end up being the saving grace of Spokane. And I think when you turn that sports complex on, you turn the arena on, if I can make any bid to bring that thing downtown, the uh, football fields and stuff, I think that, I mean, what are we missing? Absolutely. So, so tell us about, you know, both of you guys. I want to hear what is the ultimate goal? We're, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're here now. I've been ready. I've been ready. I know you've been thinking about it. Joel, tell me, tell me what's the ultimate goal for you? Uh, it's a tricky question. I don't know that kind of like George, I don't know that I necessarily monetize moving target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving target. I think, man, the ultimate goal, I mean, it's, it's to continue doing what we're doing. It's continue to, um, you know, influence the lives of those that are around us. So like within our just four degrees organization, we have 36 W2s and 68 agents, right? That is a phenomenal opportunity that God's given us to be able to bless them, to be able to serve them, to be able to help develop them. So one of the big things I like to do is talk about leadership and not necessarily leadership in the real estate industry, but what about leadership at home? Or what about leadership in the community? Or, you know, there's so many different ways to to apply that. Um, And so I think for me, there's my level of, I guess, fulfillment or filling my buckets up is when I get to see somebody take it to the next level, or I get to see somebody do something that they never thought was possible for themselves. And so, I don't know, that might sound like a cheesy answer, but for me, that's kind of how I I gauge it. And I think that's a common theme. I mean, among the brokers and and employees that I'm familiar with that including myself i mean honestly like you guys you guys truly do inspire people that's why we wanted to have you guys on the podcast and i think that jordan i have had this conversation before about if you've got you know everything in line in line at home you know if you're happy with your wife and your kids and and you're not you know working just to you know fill a bank account or to uh you know just fill some uh hedonistic need that you have and you're out there and you've got a a fulfilled life and you're happy you can do you know sky's the limit Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. tell me yeah i mean i think mine shifted from money which would have driven did drive me for a decade basically Uh, i felt like you could never have enough of it and i think i woke up one day and realized what it took to get there and i think the difference now is i just i have a triple bottom line like I need whatever we do to, to, yes, have a return monetarily. I need it to impact something we're doing and I need it to impact the community. So that's not a normal trip bottom line. There's no energy. I, I will focus on that and I will make them energy efficient. But for me, those are the three things where if we're not doing a project that has an impact beyond what we're doing in that project, we don't do it. So if you bring me a project and you're like, Jordan, 140 units out here in the valley, we'll say, okay. But we probably won't invest on it. But if you bring me one that says, hey, we're taking this area of town. If we can bring 140 units, the tax revenue goes up. And now they can afford to fund plowing of these streets. And now it's something else. That's where you'll find us. That's that's wonderful. And that's and that's why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast here, because you truly are making a difference in the community. And that's what we really want to get across is that, you know, we've got a lot of wonderful business owners out here. Excuse my 
my headphones. Uh, a lot of wonderful business owners out here and a lot of wonderful developers, you know, including you guys. And uh, it's just amazing. And we want to tell the stories of what you guys are doing out here for not just, you know, your families, but also for the community, the larger community in general and for Spokane and the greater, uh, you know, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene area. So that uh, that kind of wraps up the podcast for today, Sweet guys. Podcast. This was great. I really appreciate you having you guys out. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank feel you. honored. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the third episode of Catalyst. Thanks, Spokane, for watching. We'll catch you guys here uh, next week on episode four. 